Welcome to the Topeka First Assembly podcast. We hope this message serves as an encouragement to you. If you would like to support us financially, you can do so online at www.topekafirst.com giving. Enjoy the podcast. This morning, we're going to continue on in our series uh, in the moment. And we understand, as I, I spoke to you last week, so I, being in the moment is about our connection to God. It's about our connection, our engagement to Him. And as we engage Him, and, and last time we looked at Paul and Silas for just a little while, and how those guys had been stuck in jail. They'd been stuck in a situation they didn't want to be in, and they ended up praising God and the Lord brought victory and broke the chains off of their lives. And yet in the, in the middle of that, they were in God's will. Sometimes we walk through things and we're in God's will, but yet we walk through things and that's the way life can be. Here's, here's a thought for you. If we were meant to measure if we are in God's will by whether or not everything runs smoothly with no hard places and no sacrifices then Paul never got in the will of God his entire ministry. He missed it from beginning to the end. It's, just, it's kind of an irrational thought, but living a life can really be good, but it can also have its hard places. It can also have its sacrifices as well, and we need to be able to live in the moment, staying connected to the one who loves us, and aren't you glad that he loves us? Aren't you great, grateful to him? And some, some think of living in the moment as living for the now, and, and that's true to some extent, but there's, there's more to it than that. There's more aspects to, to it than this. In reality, staying in tune with God and keeping praise in our mouths and in our hearts really is a major part of being in the moment. I, I think about that uh, one person, and we all probably have that one person in our lives at one point in time, uh, when you, when you talk, every time you talk to them, they want something, right? Uh, and uh, whatever you, uh, whenever you walk down the aisles at the store, maybe you're going down the aisles and you're picking up your, uh, I don't know, your beans and rice, whatever you're picking up and, and you're putting it in your cart and you see them and they see you and they immediately look away. They, they won't engage you, right? They, they, they just don't want to engage you. And so you, you still go down the aisle and, and you probably see them 10 times, right? And, and the same thing every time. It's not that you don't want to engage them. They just look the other way. Then the day comes when they want something, and, and, and you see them at the store those 10 times before, and, and now they want something. So they actually switch their aisles. They see that you're in this aisle. They, they switch, and they come to your aisle so they can make sure they connect with you. And then they look you in the eye, and they say, hey, uh, we would like this and this. And, you know, so, uh, and you're like, well, how does that make you feel? At that point, you know, and uh, so, you know, you may say to them, I've seen you 10 times in the public before this, but yeah, now, now you, want, you wouldn't give me the time of day. Now you need something. It, it makes me wonder if God feels that way at times. And, uh, of course, he's more gracious than we are, right? I, I think he's more gracious than you and I. Maybe at times we would say, oh, well, that's not very nice. I'm not going to treat you well. No, but God's not that way, and, and I'm glad he isn't that way because he still will listen to our honest prayers, and he will listen to our praise as we interact with him. Uh, and and it's, it's sometimes we just, sometimes we just uh, kind of fall off on the bandwagon in this, and we need to be able to learn to become the kind of people that are willing to talk with him no matter what our situation is. 
if we meet him in the store when we don't need anything, so to say, will we interact with him? Will we give him the eye contact that he needs and that he wants? Staying in the moment makes it much easier to connect with God when we really do need something. Why? Because it's a relationship. Because we know him and he knows us. It's not that he isn't aware of us, right? We know that he knows who we are. We know know that he knows every detail about us. But it's keeping that that relationship open, right? It's like Abraham. He's the friend of God, as the scripture talks about him, being the friend of God. We want to be like that. For Paul and Silas, they uh, they had made a practice of praising God and So it must have been easier for them to praise God when they were in trouble, as we saw last time, as we talked about their lives. And then we found out that deliverance came while they were praising God. They didn't let their circumstances in life hold them back, and they didn't let their jailhouse experience keep them from experiencing God. They stayed in the moment, and they praised the one who was able to work in their lives, but they weren't the only ones who experienced difficult times in their lives. And we see, well, we're going to look at somebody over in the Old Testament. His name is King Jehoshaphat. Quite the name. I'm glad my mom didn't call me King Jehoshaphat. Uh, but, but this guy, we're going to find him over in 2 Chronicles. In 2 Chronicles chapter 20, and we're going to look there in a second. But, but here we find King Jehoshaphat and the people of Judah and the people of, of Jerusalem. And they were going to be attacked by the Moabites and the Amorites. And, and they were worried. They were concerned because they didn't know what was going to happen. Were they going to make it through this situation? And, and, and here they experienced a deliverance that God provided for them. Look with me over here in 2 Chronicles chapter 20, verse 15. It says this. He said, listen, King, of Je- King Jehoshaphat and all who live in Judah and Jerusalem, this is what the Lord says to you. Do not be afraid or discouraged because of this vast army. For the battle is not yours, but God's. And we see in, in that verse, we see what the, what the a person is that is giving this prophetic word, this powerful word to them. He says, this is not your battle. And sometimes we walk into situations in our lives and we think it's our battle, but it's not. And look what he says in verse 17. He goes on to say, you will not have to fight this battle. Take up your position, stand firm, and see the deliverance the Lord will give you. Judah and Jerusalem, do not be afraid and do not be discouraged. Go out to face them tomorrow, and the Lord will be with you. Then he says here in verse 18, Jehoshaphat bowed down with his face to the ground, and all the people of Judah and Jerusalem fell down in worship before the Lord. Then some Levites from the Kohathites, if I even say it right, and Kohorites stood up and praised the Lord, the God of Israel, with a very loud voice. Do you notice something? They didn't mumble there. They said it with a very loud voice. And then in verse 20, 21, he says this, After consulting the people, Jehoshaphat appointed men to sing to the Lord and to praise him for the splendor of his holiness as they went out at the head of the army, saying, Give thanks to the Lord, for his love endures forever. And as they began to sing and praise, the Lord set ambushments against the men of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir who were invading Judah, and they were defeated. 
And I think there's a few things that we can learn out of this this morning that we can gain from this and apply into our lives as followers of Jesus. And the first one is this, as God's people responded. God's people responded. See, it's so important for us to respond. See, they had been worried about what would happen, and they were, they were trying to figure out what to do in the middle of this possible invasion. And in the middle of it, a young man named Jehaziel gives them a prophetic word. And in some of what we just read, we know here, and he says, Do not be afraid or discouraged because of this, because of this vast army, for the battle is not yours, but God's. See, you have to remember that when you're in the moment, when you're in a situation, when you're walking through life and the battle comes, if you're willing to look to God, He will intervene for you. Yet we need to stay in that relationship with Him. They had, a, they had every reason to be concerned, right? It's not like they said, it. you know, it's no big deal. No, that wasn't the case. It was a big deal. And so they had every reason to be concerned or worried about it, but they were, they were uh, they were willing to let God to work in their situation. We know this because in verse 18, it says the king bowed down and the people worshiped God. Now, you don't, you don't expect the king to bow down, right? You expect everybody to bow down to the king. And talking in, in, in some of the similar cultures of Africa, right? I remember going in when you would meet an elder in certain cultures. I remember in, in the Europe culture, you would prostrate yourself. They laid flat on the floor when you would greet an elder. That's right, isn't it? And you couldn't expect now, now the king doing this, but the king does that to God because he knew he was under authority. And so here we have these guys, they're all worshiping. Not, not everybody responded the same way. If you notice, if you look in the text, uh, and we find that some of the Levites, they stood up on their feet and they praised God. That's what they did. And, and the funny thing is, is they were even loud, right? They weren't, there wasn't a church mouse that was quiet. They were loud. They, they interacted. They were praising. They were thanking. There, there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with being quiet, but there's nothing wrong with being loud and open. And the, the point is they responded to the prophetic message that came out to them that says, look, God has this. He's got your back. He's going to take care of you. And this, uh, when, when this was the, this was the last, when was the last time that you responded to God when you heard a message? We heard a message this morning. Did you respond to that? Or did you say, oh, that's nice? I think we have to be able to move past that so we allow the Lord to continue to work in our lives as followers of Jesus because when we move past that, we can allow him to take all of our life and to work through us and in us in the way he wants. See, God has a, he has a plan for us. So God has just told these guys that he's going to get them through this disaster and they're, they're going to come out on the other side of it. They, they, were told, they, they were told in this situation that they didn't even have to fight. And that's just unusual to me. They, they didn't even have to fight. But not only this, but the battle is God's and not theirs. And sure, it seems like this was theirs, though, doesn't it? It really does seem like it's their battle. When you look at it face value, and isn't, isn't that what happens to us in life? 
we see our situation in life and we say, well, well, well yeah, we've got to deal with this. Well, sure, but, but God's people still had to participate. And we find that here in the passage. They still had to take part in what God was doing. And part of verse 17 says this, take up your positions, stand firm, and see the deliverance the Lord will give, uh, give you, Judah and Jerusalem. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Go out and face them tomorrow. So their, their participation included several things there. And we need to remember that, yes, God wants us to take part. He will work on our behalf. It really reminds me of over in 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 8 and 9 in the New Testament here. He says, be alert and of sober mind, your enemy the devil prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. And then he goes on from there and he says something else. He said, resist him, standing firm in the faith. See, we, we trust God, we participate, and we respond. We need to be able to continue to stay up with him and what he is doing in our lives. How, how would you feel if every time you talked to somebody, they never responded to you? Now, that would, be kind of, that would kind of be frustrating, right? You're driving down the road and you say, look at that brand new shopping center. I wonder what stores they have inside of there. I wonder what clothes they have. And you talk to that person and all you hear is crickets. That's all you hear. They don't say a word, right? You know, that, that would, after a while, you, you would think that maybe... Uh, maybe I'm not going to keep the conversation going. I don't want to continue on because there's no reciprocation. They're not interacting back with me. And so, and so we have to be able to step up and, and, uh, and interact with one another, but we also have to do that with God. And it, it makes me wonder when God engages us with a prophetic word or through the scripture, and if we, really, if we uh, never really respond, does he finally decide to ignore us? That's really a question that we should ask ourselves. Uh, we, know, we know about God that uh, we know that he's going to try time and time again to engage us, right? That's what he does because he, he loves us. And, and we know if we have somebody else that won't interact with us, we try different ways to be able to interact with them, right? Because we want that relationship. We want that connection with them. And, and so God does the same thing with us, and he's trying to engage us in our lives, and he does it through different ways, and he uses people in our lives and all of these kind of things, and we need to be able to respond to him in praise. And, and, I, and I think when we respond to him in praise, I think it, it wakes him up, so to speak. Not that God sleeps. He, he's not a sleeper. We're the ones that sleep, but, 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 but it wakes him up. It, it, it excites him. He's like, hey, they're interacting with me. They're engaging me. Let's look at the second thing we can learn from these guys, that praise is powerful. That we recognize that praise is powerful. In 2 Chronicles chapter 20, verse 21, we find how Jehoshaphat, he, he appointed men to sing to the Lord and to praise him uh, for the splendor of his holiness as they went out at the head of the army, right? In front of the army, now that seems backwards to us, right? Why in the world would you put those guys? Shouldn't it be the guys with the shields and the swords and the spears and all that kind of stuff? No, because they knew where the power lied. They knew that God was on their side and that this was his thing. And so they knew how powerful praise is and how vital it was. Why? I think the key thing we need to know here is they were putting God first. 
they were putting God first. And we all need to be able to put God first in our situation. They put him first in battle, and we can put him first in our lives as individuals, as families. We can put as a church body, we have to put him first. And when you're in the battle of life, you need to place praise in the beginning. It opens the door for God to enter and to lead the battle you are facing. We look at Paul and Silas over in the New Testament and we saw that they were serving God and in the middle of it, they were jailed, they were miserable, and they were still willing to praise God no matter what happened. In the end, God broke the chains off their lives. But when you see what happened to God's people in Jerusalem, you see here they, they, were, they were stepping out to let God defend them. They were stepping out to let him work in the situation because he says, hey, I've got this. The battle is not yours, it's the Lord's. And what happened for King Jehoshaphat and God's people in Jerusalem? Well, the Bible goes on to say here in verse 22, as they began to sing and praise, the Lord set ambushments against the men of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir who were invading Judah and they were defeated. God stepped into the scene. God stepped in. How many times do we cut short and run when God wants to step in the scene? We need to keep our hearts open and we need to put him first in our lives so that he can speak into our lives. Are you praising God and are you putting him first? Are you lifting him up through the power of praise? We, we need to get back to these basics in our lives as followers of Jesus. These that need to be key things that are actually working in our lives, that we are applying in our lives, not that we just know about. You know, there's a lot of things we know about, right? Uh, and uh, knowledge is, you know, we can uh, say, well, I've got the dictionary or, or I've got an encyclopedia. We know about it. And if we don't know about it, we'll look it up. You know, that's fine. But knowledge is one thing, but practice is a whole nother thing, right? Living out our faith, that's, that's where the rubber meets the road. Uh, are you lifting him up through the power of praise? We need to get back to these. I, I think for too many years, the church in general has only used efforts and outreaches and marketing and those kind of things to reach a lost world, yet at, at we had times we've forgotten to send prayer and to praise out in front of the army. I think the, one of the reasons why we saw some great success in this last, this yesterday was because there was a lot of prayer going up too. It wasn't just work and labor and organization, and there was a lot of that, wasn't there, Sarah? See, I don't know how many text messages I got from Sarah, and I don't know how many times she had to come in the office, and some of you were part of that too. But I tell you what, it's good. But prayer has to go into the front. Praise has to go in the front. Look, look at Jehaziel. Look at what he said to God's people. For the battle is not yours, but it's God's. We must welcome him into the battle. We must welcome him into our situation. Sometimes we don't welcome him into it because we feel like, well, I can get by. I can make it through this. But we really need to welcome him into our battle. Look at the third thing here. Praise must not only be sporadic. 
you know, here a little, there a little. Now it's okay. It's okay to be sporadic in some ways, right? But we need to have that time where we're interacting with him. We can, we can find it over the right before Jesus was ready to ascend into heaven. We see it over in the book of Luke and Luke chapter 24. And this is what it says there. When he, Jesus, had led them out to the vicinity at Bethany, he lifted up his hands and blessed them. And while he was blessing them, he left them and was taken up into heaven. Then they worshiped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy. And they stayed continually at the temple praising God. What did they do? They stayed continually at the temple praising God. It was a continual interaction with God. It wasn't just over here. One day uh, I'm going to praise God and interact with him. Six months later I'm going to praise God. There was an interaction that was taking place, and they were praising him. They were worshiping him at this time. And it's something so powerful that had happened in the life of Jesus and through his life that had impacted all of the disciples and transformed them. And Jesus had been crucified on the cross. He had died. He had been buried. He had raised from the grave. And now he has interacted them, with them for a period of days. Now he goes off to be with the Father. In heaven. And what did they do? They responded. They responded to him by hanging out at the temple continually. They were praising God. They were praying. They were teaching the word of God, the apostles we know. And while they were there, they were praising. This wasn't something they did when they had time. They praised God continually. See, with the, with the early followers of Jesus, this wasn't a, uh, wasn't a sporadic occurrence, something that happened once in a great while. Uh, the Bible used these words like continually and daily and these things. It was something that they were doing. They weren't letting up. And it wasn't, uh, oh, we'll serve God today and then another day we won't. But we need to consider how this really applies to us today as followers of Jesus. Sure, it's important for us to meet together at the church's building. Remember, this isn't the church. We are the church. This is just a building. And so we, we, we meet here together, and we can praise God together as we do the, did this morning, as we do at other times. We, we take those times to worship God on the first day of the week, and, and it's a start for us, right? It's the way we put God first in our lives every week. And, and we do this to be able to worship him. We take that time to put God first. The early church did this, but if you, if you notice, they didn't limit their time. They didn't limit their praise only to church services. They praised daily. They interacted. They were praising continually. Why? Because God had done such a wonderful and a marvelous work in their lives for so many people that all they could do is praise God. Jesus gave his life. He was raised to be the victor over death, and Jesus came to save us from our own sin. So what can we do? What can we do as his people but lift our hands and to praise him and to thank him for his goodness? Sure, we can praise every Sunday, and that's great in service, and we small groups, but we need to be able to extend our praise Past where we're at now, at home, sitting back in your easy chair, praise God. You can probably be as loud as you want there, right? Unless you have other family members say, hold it down, hold it down. <laughs> yeah. 
We, we have to be able to find those places where we can praise God. Maybe it's while you're doing dishes. You can give thanks to God, sing to him, give him praise. Uh, you may be doing something else. You may be washing your car. Praise God in that time. Maybe you're having somebody else wash your car. Praise God for those guys washing your car. <laughs> Maybe you're at work. You can give thanks. You can praise God and interact with him, but don't rob your employer, right? Don't rob the time that you have for them. Uh, and so there's ways to look at it. We can still praise God. It doesn't mean you can't praise God. And we, got, we want to be in the moment, staying connected to God by giving him praise at every step of our lives. Keep keeping him in front of the fight. Look at what Acts 2 says here. Acts chapter 2, verse 46 and 47 says this. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. Let's stop there and let's think about it this way. Say you're going, say you're going to have a surgery. Your surgery is going to be on a liver, right? You've got, your, got, to, got to have your uh, liver, something done to it, right? So you go to the doctor and you, get, you interact with the doctor. You start talking to him. You ask him a few questions. He said, yeah, I was certified on the litter, liver, but bar barely because I was such a boring class. I just, I just didn't really want to go very much, so I went about once a month. And so he comes through that, and he said, I got certified, though. And then you're like, uh, I don't know that I want you helping me uh, doing a surgery on my liver if you barely made it through class. I just don't think you're going to want that to happen. We don't want to be sporadic in our praise towards God either, do we? You don't want a sporadic doctor, but you don't, you don't want to have sporadic praise towards God. Praise God every step we have. Then in the book of Acts, he goes on in chapter 2, verse 46, and it, it goes on and says, They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying favor of all the people, and the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. One preacher said it kind of this way. He said, if we want to see the same manifestation of power the early church had, we're going to have to have the same manifestation of praise that they had. We need to be able to interact with our Father in the way that, that lifts him up. Don't let your praise be unresponsive. Let your praise toward God be filled with joy. And I know that, there's, that we can praise God in here, right? We can do that, and that's perfectly fine. But there's also an outward, and when you think about the word praise and what that really is, it's really an outward thing. It's really that outward thing that we're engaging our Heavenly Father and we're thanking Him and we're lifting up His name. So, yeah, stuff can happen here in the heart, but also on the outward as well as we lift up our Heavenly Father, as we give Him thanks. Don't, don't let your praise be unresponsive. Let your praise to God put Him in front of your life. In front. When troubles come or when the battle comes, you already know what to do, right? You, you know that praise is powerful. We, we understand that, and, and most of us all get it, but the, the problem happens when we let discouragement set in or if we let life dictate uh, what we're going to do. Paul and Silas, if you look back to those guys, they could have allowed their jail time to dictate what was going to happen with them. They didn't. They, they praised God in the middle of that. They, they lifted him up, and King Jehoshaphat and Judah could have let the impending battle that they were facing with the Amorites and the Moabites dictate what was going to happen to them, but they did not do it. 
and they responded to God, and they praised him even out loud. They put him first in their lives. Once they put him first, he proved himself faithful. It doesn't mean that trouble won't happen. We understand that. Troubles come in life. That's part of life. But trouble happened for Paul and Silas. Even then, God pulled them through, didn't he? He pulled them through it. As we wrap this up this morning, I'll ask this. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? Are you going to be willing to stay in the moment? When are you going to show your, your faith to the Lord, your praise to him? Are you you're invited to, are you inviting him to work in your life? Are you inviting him to be part of your life? Are you inviting him to be at the head? It's like, it's like when you do, you're opening the doors of heaven. But what we see in reality is that Jesus opened that door up for us, didn't he? Why? Because he loves us. John 10.10 says this. He says, a thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. See, Jesus came to give you life. Aren't you glad? Aren't you glad? And that gives us every reason to praise God. I would challenge you. Maybe you need to get things restarted when it comes to prayer and praise again. For some, you need to restart. Restart what he's began in your life. Father, we are grateful to you because of your faithfulness. We thank you, Lord, because you have done so much wonder, so many wonderful things in our lives. And Father, we look to you today. We look to you with grateful hearts, Father, and we honor you. Jesus, we praise your name. Father, we praise your name and we welcome you to be first in our lives. We welcome you to be our strength. We welcome you to take the battle that we face in this world and to run in front, Father. We welcome you and we lift up your name. Jesus, you are worthy. Father, you are so worthy. Holy Spirit, you are welcome to work in our lives. We thank you, Father God, for your grace. We thank you, Lord, for your faithfulness. We thank you, Father God, because you have proven yourself faithful in so many ways. And Father God, as we start off this week, Lord, with praise and with thanksgiving, we open our hearts to you that you may do in us what you desire more than ever, Father. We give you thanks in Jesus' name. Amen.